0: Love Podcast. We have got some work to do today. The living out the love. We got to talk about it. You know, I spend a lot of time talking about emotional intelligence, taking care of yourself, and I'm going to spend a lot more time talking about it, but this is not that kind of episode. There have been many crises in the last few years In 2020, with the COVID lockdown, many people felt it was the end of the world. That if we survived 2020, that things would get easier. We'd learn our lessons somehow and transform ourselves into a better nation, a better world. And then voila, we'd be onto greener pastures. With any luck, our lives would be even better than they were before course, we're now more than halfway into 2022, more than two years since the lockdown, and crises abound. George Floyd's murder happened early in the pandemic. He's not the only Black person to have been murdered during the pandemic, but his death caught the attention of many people who are normally unaware because it was just that despicable. And many months later, there was the insurrection at the Capitol not to mention the hate crimes against Asian Americans being at all-time highs, against queer people being at all-time highs. And then in June, we lost the right to basic health care for women. And that is not even the half of it. By saying that access to abortion was a state decision, the Supreme Court opened a whole can of worms about other human rights. LGBTQ rights were based on the precedent set by Roe. There have been lots of human rights based on the precedent set by Roe. So by turning that back over to the states, we are now and will continue to be living in chaotic and uncertain times. And let me say that again, because we've already been living in chaotic and uncertain times, but the Supreme Court ruling is going to have a very profound effect. The ways of life that we took for granted are shifting, and the issues, the racism, the inequity, the climate crisis, and the self-fulfilling nature of our online media, these issues are now causing too much havoc to be ignored. But what do we do about it? It's a tough question, and it's a question without one single answer. We do lots of things and we all do different things. We all have our own paths, our own callings, our own contributions. And with lots of fires everywhere, how do you know where to begin? So today I'm just going to talk about what is it that we should be doing? What's the way to live out love in these times? Number one, begin with yourself and your community. Spending time on what is far outside of your control will often lead to little results. It will definitely lead you to feel power, powerless. And let's use the example of abortion. If you're a healthcare advocate, then focus on your community. How can your community gain access to education, to resources? Where can you donate in your community? And I want to stress a point here about donation. Sometimes we feel we aren't doing anything if we're not starting something from scratch, but odds are good that there are already change initiatives in your area, nonprofits, et cetera, working on these issues. They could use your help, and they probably already have expertise. If you cannot donate, then consider getting involved. And the other reason I say start by donating in your community, whether that's time, money, or attention, is because when you start small, you can feel the impact you're making. The larger the organization, the more likely your attention is going to feel like a drop in the bucket. Now, that does not mean that it is a drop in the bucket. Large organizations certainly need our help and our impact. But if you're feeling helpless, especially, I recommend you start in your community. It will help you understand just how much you can have an impact. And when I say start with yourself, I mean, make sure you have the resources that you need. Make sure you are taking care of you because as we all know, you you cannot take care of other people if you fall apart. So you want to change the world and heal the world? That's fantastic, but you got to start with you. Okay, number two, talk to people who believe differently than you do. And not for the sake of convincing them, of persuading them, for the sake of humanizing them. Our brains are trying to keep us safe. Because things are increasingly uncertain, our brains are working hard. And one way our brain keeps us safe is to keep us insulated with people who are like us, people we can predict, people who we know will have our back. And this is not inherently a bad thing. However, our brains tend to be overzealous when it comes to the similarity bias. Not only do we not surround ourselves with people who we think are different from us, but we other them as well. And the othering effect quickly leads to us dehumanizing them. By dehumanizing them, I'm not suggesting that you're actually starting to see them as animals or as less than human, although that is a strong possibility. What I'm saying is that it is the first step down on that slippery scale. The first step is that we only see people for the reason that we are othering them in the first place. So if we're talking about the climate crisis and you believe in global warming and the climate crisis and you're in the neighborhood with somebody that doesn't believe that, you start to think of that person only as the person that doesn't believe in global warming rather than that being one thing about them as a whole. So when the strongest thought that comes to mind about a person is who they voted for or what they believe, then the other aspects of that person become much smaller in your mind. Your brain is focusing on the reason you're not safe around them, quote, not safe, and thus keeping your distance. Your brain is not focusing on the fact that they also have traumas, that they also have bills, that they also have physical aches and pains, emotional journeys, etc. And because your brain is not focusing on the full picture of their humanity, because your brain doesn't need to in order to keep you safe, so why would it spend its energy on that? Over time, you dehumanize the people you disagree with. This is why talking to people you disagree with is crucial. And again, you don't have to talk about the things you disagree about. Talk about the weather. Talk about how their day is going. Tell your brain that your neighbor's opinion about socioeconomics or whatever is not in fact where your safety lies. Because that's what happens when we other people. We start to feel unsafe and it increases the divide, the polarization. It increases the rifts. And it stems from a beautiful thing. The beautiful thing is our brain trying to keep us safe. But we have to stay in charge of our brain. If we want to live out love, if we want to be spiritual leaders, which I hope you do, because we sure as heck need them you're going to have to get control of that brain. You can't let it run on default. Okay, number three, talk about the issues. (laughs) I know I just said talk to people you disagree with. Now I'm saying talk about the issues. You don't necessarily have to talk about the issues with those people. But in general, we do need to talk about what's happening. If you're going to talk about the issues with people who believe differently than you do, just share. Don't make them wrong. Despite popular opinion, you can think that someone is incorrect without saying it out loud. The goal of communicating authentically is not to say whatever comes to mind. The goal of communicating authentically about issues is to help other people see that they might be wrong. Just to open themselves up to the possibility. Not to convince them that you are right. That is not the goal. And you might not be right. Everything going on in the world today is complex. Nothing is simple. We got to talk and listen and learn. We need to create space for possibility. And trying to persuade another does not create that space. Persuasion sets the direction towards your idea, your perception of a resolution. Or your perception of the problem. But love sets the direction of possibility, of openness, of grace. So we need to have loving conversations about the issues. Love's direction will have many routes, many possibilities. Love is a momentum and that momentum is enough. Persuasion of your point is not only not necessary, it is not helpful. Okay. Point number four, talk so that you can step into love, take action so that you can be love. So point number four is not necessarily how to do the first three things. It's just a reminder of the why. Living out love is the title of my podcast. This is my motivating factor, learning how to be love in the world. There has never been a better time than the present to learn how to be love, Whatever moment you are in, whenever you may be listening to this, now is the right time to learn how to be love in action. If we call political leaders, if we run for office ourselves, those are great big action steps you can take. If you donate your time, money, or effort, those are great big action steps. If you sit and listen to someone who has judged people with your perspective, if you sit and listen to them, Your willingness to engage with compassion and openness is a huge action step. You ask your spiritual support team for guidance. That is a big action step. These are the ways that we live out love. Talking with the assumption that we all want well-being for everyone. That is a way to live out love. All right, now I got to pause here because I just said something and it needs acknowledging and it needs clarifying. There are people in the world who do not believe that everyone's well-being matters. Because I just said, talk with the assumption that we all want well-being for everyone. And that's technically not true. There are racists and homophobics and misogynists, etc. So why do I say that? Why should you assume that everyone believes in well-being for all people? Because we have to demonstrate it. It is leadership. We have to model the change we wish to see in the world. Hold the view that all people matter. Everyone deserves well-being, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. Assume that others believe this way so that it calls them into your conversation. It calls them into your energy field, into your perspective. When you make a positive assumption about someone, It gives them room to grow into. If you assume they're hateful and wish others harm, then there's no way for them to prove you wrong. You will only see that hate. But if you can hold space for them as being more loving than your brain has evidence for, then there's space. And in that space, they can grow. And in that space, your perspective of them can change. And this is why I say to talk with the assumption that others want well-being for everyone. So that they have the opportunity to grow into that desire of everyone being well. And listen, we can all pray, we can all meditate, and we should all be doing those things. If you're not currently doing those things, start doing those things. If you have been doing those, keep doing those. Praying, meditating, taking care of yourself. But more is needed. That's, that's the starting line is the connection with spirit. But we don't need spiritually connected people only. We need spiritual leaders. We need people who can hold a vision of a loving world that works for everyone. We need the spiritual strength of the vision and the leadership strength of the action to get us there. Okay, I'm going to repeat myself before I wrap up because I've just been all over the place. How do you know what to do? what are we supposed to be doing as spiritual leaders in this time? Number one, begin with yourself and your community. Take care of yourself. Take care of your community. Whatever that looks like for you. And follow your causes. You're not going to be able to solve everything for everyone. Number two, talk to people who believe differently than you do. Humanize them. Allow yourself to see them as a whole person so that you can be better at being love. Number three, talk about the issues. Not to persuade people, but to open them to the possibility of seeing it differently. And talk about the issues so that your own understanding can expand. Number four, do all of this with love and for love. See every act, no matter how small, as a step in the right direction. Hold space for those that you disagree with and hold space for yourself. You know that song, What the World Needs Now is Love, Sweet Love? Well, my definition of love changes all the time because it depends on the scenario. But this week, my definition of love is spiritual leadership. We need you. We need each other. We need to step up. It's time to hold on to our vision of everyone becoming love, of everyone receiving love, of everyone having the opportunity to experience physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, all of it. And from a place of that vision, of a world that works for everyone, from that place, we take action. Remember who you are, loves. You are divine energy incarnate you are a slice of god itself and now let's go get to work